Yeah, Salem doesn't strike me as religious. It was weird seeing him pray, well, even I... if he was praying for money. It was still strange. Yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? He's just like, dear God. He puts on a voice as well, which is probably from something else in the 60s. Um, yeah. Think- well, this this brings up the question then. Is there a God? And if there is a God, do witches believe in God? Do they know that there's a God? I thought you were going to stop at, is there a god? I was like, wow, this is a deep question to be dealing with on this a is... um, podcast about a uh, 90s kids sitcom. Um... I mean, who knows, really, because there was, obviously, the, the person that was supposedly Father Christmas was, um, it was just Bob, wasn't he? Bob was a witch. So maybe, yeah, maybe there is a, a witch who, it was just Jesus Christ just mucking about, using his magic, turning water into wine. Um, you know, Maybe, Are yeah, you maybe. trying to say that the original, the the first, the first ever witch was Jesus Christ? Is that what you're saying, Philip? Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three opulent, ostentatious orphans review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil Dean, I'm your host and guide through this remote journey through a 20-year-old strange trip down Nostalgia Lane. Uh, But we can't go that far outside and only once a day. Um, I am joined uh, over the internet by my bestest pals. First of all, it's Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, Phil. Just think if you told people in 1999 that you could do this, eh? <laughs> exactly. They'll be like, what? The net can do that. You're talking bollocks. The World Wide Web, the information superhighway can do that. They would be amazed. It's fucking mad. But yeah, it's, it's... Sandra Bullock wouldn't be amazed. No, no, she would. No, she, she Sandy B was ordering a pizza on the internet in 1995. So, I mean, phew, way ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, that, is that an urban myth or yeah. a fact? It's a fact if um, you uh, look at her uh, character in the classic uh, sci-fi thriller, The Net, which I recommend you check out, Phil. Of course, yes. And and obviously that that, that voice who wasn't introduced, but he's a lovely guy, so I'll let him off, um, is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. You hadn't introduced Graham yet either, thank you. I did. I said hello, Graham, and he said hello, Phil, and then did a thing about Imagine Doing That, and then Sandra Bullock and you came in. And then uh, I I invited you in. Uh, I do apologise. Might have jumped the gun there. I just got very excited that I was able to mention Sandra Bullock. Of course, it happens a lot in public and you really need to put a lid on it. Uh, Plus, as we discussed in our last episode, it's a bit difficult to stay in sync with each other because we can't see each other's mouths or when we're we're, we're trying to talk. And I I use my hands a lot when I'm talking and you you can't see that. Well, we can see see Phil's. Yeah, we can see Um, Phil, but Phil can't see us. Of course. And Phil being the host is probably the most important person for us to be able to see. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm by far the prettiest of the three of us, therefore... I said most important. Most important, mate. I I by no means claim to be handsome. I I, I just said important, that's all. Phil is the most important for the um, things of the, you know, for the logistics of the podcast. But but obviously, Chris, you would be the most uh, aesthetically pleasing. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Looking over at your beautiful face, you know, you are my muse while I'm podcasting. So th- this is tough. <laughs> it is, it is tough. tough. It is tough because we're, without seeing without seeing your faces, I don't know how to uh, gauge how uh, how rude my jokes are allowed to be in these episodes. No, the, the only way we can gauge we, that we is, be, is be... by the awkward silence after you've told it, which, which does happen as well as the, the grimaces on our faces. We could be making wanking uh, signs at each other. Um the whole time as well, and we wouldn't know. Oh no, I'm. We we could be actually I, wanking I, I, while we're doing this, and no no one would know. We, well, whoa, <laughs> we, we, we could. I mean, you you provided me with the sock. I mean, I thought it was for the microphone, but. Um... <laughs> so uh, yeah, you've joined us on our second attempt at uh, you know doing this podcast remotely. That the first time was a really cheap setup. I just recorded um, everything through my microphone, but this one we've actually given it some thought and we're all uh, recording independently with uh, with some decent microphones albeit with a, a bit of a technical hiccup at the start but um boys i mean it, uh, we're already a, a couple of minutes into it but uh, you've pressed record right yes excellent that's that's all i need to know Definitely. excellent cool so uh, i so think bo- i've pressed record well, this thing well, is moving on my screen so i'm <laughs> assuming that's record 
Well, to be honest, even if you didn't press record, then I'd still leave these gaps where you should be talking and then people can imagine what you might have said. <laughs> that would be funny. That's it. There's, 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 there's blue bulges on Face? my um, Audacity screen. Yeah, so, I've got uh, those as well. I'm guessing that Excellent. Uh, that, that's that's that, It could be something else, but I'm sure that is it's actually recording. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, this episode that we're, we're uh, attempting here is episode four of season four. Uh, it's called Little Orphan Hilda. In this episode, um, well, kind of Sabrina unearths a, what you would imagine to be the big family secret, you know, in that entire season where we were working out the entire family secret. Uh, but it's not. In fact, it's the second one that Hilda is, in fact, adopted. Um Boys, right off the bat, before we do um, start talking about it, what did you think of this episode? A- a- an improvement of last week's, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a lot of Spellman lore, um, kind of fleshed out. We finally got to meet uh, meet uh, Hildren's elder's uh, mother. Um, so, yeah, a-, a lot of realm building, Um Decent jokes. No, yeah, yeah, it, was, it was an enjoyable episode, and I said we we did. Mi- you see, chaps, I I I, Sorry, I genuinely thought we'd already met Grandma Spellman. We've been to her house. Well, I was just about to bring this up. I think her. we've definitely met Great Grandma, the one that was that was old as fuck. We've we've met her. You know, the one that she left the um the magic book and uh, not to the um to the uh rednecks she'd given it to the spellman so that was great gra- that was that was granny so that was hilda and Zelda's granny and we've met sabrina's mum's mum in like she was dead and she was brought back to life it's like season one I think, oh. um yeah so i think i think yeah this is the first time we've met actually a uh, mother mother spellman anyway that's where I'm getting confused. I'm getting my grandma's mixed up. <laughs> it's 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 always getting getting your nans in a twist. It's always uh, it's always a, a a debacle, an embarrassing thing to to admit to, Chris. But yeah, you're the better man for it. Good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so this is uh, I'd say already an improvement of episode three. If you remember, um, if you could make it out, um, it was the worst scoring episode we've ever watched. So um, you'd think only things can go up from here. So hopefully they do. And that includes Christmas episodes. That's just how bad it was. That does, yeah. It was, yeah, we didn't actually didn't make light of that at all. It is worse than a, every Christmas episode, even the Christmas episode that almost ended this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Graham remembers that not fondly, but well, I imagine. No, I mean, like I, I think too many more episodes like the last one, and we may have been at that point again. If you know, except the fact that I mean, obviously we're all in lockdown at the moment, so we're bored out of our gourd. So to be honest, any distraction uh, is welcome at the moment. But um, nonetheless, uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, um, yeah, um, a, a def- definitely a, something of a return to form um, in this one. Even though we did completely leave um, our new characters by the wayside again. No, Brad. No Dreamer, again, second uh, episode in a row. Um, just generally very little school-related um, things. So it, it felt it felt very it felt very season two, this episode. And since that's our favourite season so far, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing at all, all things considered. But, uh, you know, at the end of the episode, as we always do, we will uh, summarise it in score form. But for now, let's, uh, let's dive right into it, lads. So the episode opens on Hilda, Zelda and Salem hanging out in the clock shop. So huzzah, it wasn't just a one-off set piece for an episode's plot. Looks like it's hopefully going to stick around for the time. Hey, uh, beautiful a bloke... set. I love that set. Oh, it is a nice set. It's, it's a very, very pleasing uh, aesthetically pleasing place to to visit in a seriously uh, is no one going to pick up on that pun which was that which one phil just said time when he's talking about the clock shop ah ah i also said set piece is that another no, word for a clock? set open brackets time close brackets piece <laughs> maybe mm. yeah ah uh, see this is just adding another word there. See, this is. But yeah, oh yeah. I mean, to be honest, I am I am a quite quite a witty, clever guy. So maybe I did write time being on purpose. In fact, I I, I definitely did. Um, there's a <laughs> bloke and his monkey selling watches on the sidewalk outside. So to appeal to the crowds uh, that love tortured monkeys doing things, Hilda fashions Salem a bellhop outfit. Will it save the day? Watch this space. So yeah, the strange. 
sort of subplot where it's Salem, or rather Hilda and Zelda, versus a um, a, a tortured monkey, um, which is it's not really a great uh, opening for an episode. No, I mean, we were still, you know, the PG Tips adverts were still on TV, weren't mm. they, at this time? You know, like, we, we hadn't quite twigged about the whole, uh, you know, monkey torture, making monkeys be people thing being, um, you know, evil. Yeah, there's there's a lot of sort of performing animals in this episode. I mean, it still doesn't beat the uh, the the parakeet eating uh, sunflower seeds out of Ace Ventura's belly button, but still there is some you know some some acts of uh, animal terrorism that you don't really want to. Uh, I'm sorry, did you just say butter. animal terrorism? Yeah, at least, well, I mean, you're terrorizing uh, an animal by making it do things it shouldn't. I still don't think animal terrorism is the word. It's it's probably not on reflection. It's probably not the right word. They were those dogs that went under German tanks, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. If if you you know, if you I don't know, like drop Semtex through Semtex into a badger set, that would be animal (laughs) terrorism. That's animal terrorism. (laughs) Who would be behind it? Like foxes, maybe. Well, farmers they they hate the badgers. They're always calling. Oh, they do. Like people, that'd be one way of doing it. Yeah, so that would be that would make a very obscure um, that sequel to Babe, wouldn't it? Be just the farmer goes around just throwing plastic explosives into badger sets. I mean, you know, now I'd have gone with Wind in the Willows. Well, I, I was going to yeah. say the animals of Farthing Wood because that was a dark, dark show, and I mean, you know, oh yeah, or or, or Watership Down, oh Watership Down, or the Rabies, yeah. 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 Oof. Yeah, on reflection, this monkey's it's all right. It's all right. Actually. Yeah. Um, um, tell you what isn't all right: the uh, removal of. Um, tell you what's not all right: the removal of mirror gags. And as we started doing it this season, uh, we're going to make up our own uh, mirror gags to replace the uh, the holders holding our hearts that uh, we we find every episode. Um, this one, it's it's up to me. And um, so, a picture, a picture, lads. Okay. All right. right okay. okay. Imagine she stood in front of the mirror. Right. Yeah. Paint us that word. Okay. Um, and I just got this really fluffy kind of like theme park uh, pig outfit on, complete with a big, big sort of fluffy pig mascot head, and her face is is in the mouth, and she just goes, and she just goes, whoa, best not get too pig-headed. Yeah, I think that would be the kind of thing that, that doesn't even deserve a golf yeah, clap. But it would be. The, it, well, to be honest, most of the mirror gags didn't. No, it would be the kind of mirror gag that we would see and we would complain about. So, uh, <laughs> and again, as we say every yeah, week, that's true. definitely that's true. on brand. So, uh, nice. So, Graham, uh, you're up next week. Um, in the kitchen, and rather than leave it to the authorities to rid the world of the watch hustler, Salem will play an accordion to entice customers. I'm swiftly moving on to all this unenticing. Uh, Grandma Spellman wants to visit much to the behest of Hilda and Zelda, who seem to hate any time spent with her. I've used time again, Chris, so I hope you find that funny. Um, Sabrina convinces them Not to let... Not this time. Oh, oh, you said time. Uh, no, we're... I, I laughed that time. Uh, Sabrina convinces them to let her stay so she can help her with her family tree assignment. So Hilda and Zelda just have to keep things together until then and during. Um, so, as you said again, the uh, the sort of anticipated arrival of uh, Grandma Spellman. So that's all. That's all cool. Nice bit of fleshing out, and still a bit weird that she's doing a family tree assignment and wanting help with it because she surely must know all of her family by now after you know an entire fucking season. And also, being a witch, I mean, most of her family is still alive. Like, you know, we might not know that much about our great grandparents because in a lot of cases they died before we were born, but. Um, I think if you're a witch, like you could have like the last like five generations of your family or more still living. Um, obviously, you couldn't shout about that when you're doing an assignment for mortal school, but just in terms of drawing your family tree, um, that would make it a whole lot easier. Um, I enjoy not not only that, Graham, not only that, but you've got to bear in mind as well that she was able to go and visit a dead grandmother. Well, that as well. My God, yeah. So you could bring the, your entire fa- five generations of your family into school and go, this is every member of my family. And sure, they think you're mad, but you're getting that, eh? That was the mortal grandma, wasn't it? That hey, brought listen. Back to life in the pleasure dome. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is the thing, though. They, she could have done like a, a Bill and Ted and just uh, brought all the historical figures back in a time machine and done a, a massive presentation in front of the school. She could have done that and everyone would just think, oh, they were actors. 
yeah, it's pretty mad to think that she's struggling to find out anything about her family when she could just just fucking ask. Uh, the next day, Anne Sabrina is rummaging through Granny's trunk, looking through all of Hilda and Zelda's old belongings. And, well, it puts Mary Poppins' magic bag to shame. Um, before we do crack on, um, Graham, you've been doing some factoids and you found out a little bit more about um, Mother Spellman. Yeah, I mean, you know, we hoped that when Mother Spellman appeared that she would be played by somebody with a degree of, you know... Um clout you know uh, of, of um you know a uh, recognition level um and in a way we weren't disappointed i didn't know this person but on reading up on her she has been quite a big uh, feature of american uh, entertainment and in particular uh, sitcoms um over time uh, it's uh, miss shirley jones and she was the mother in uh, the partridge family which was uh, one of the big american shows of the 1970s uh, launched the career of uh, Mr. David Cassidy. Um, and uh, also, she was in the musical versions of Oklahoma and Carousel. Oh, okay. So, uh, very big performing lady. Yeah, quite quite yeah. luminary. And um, yeah, once I found out about her musical uh, background, because obviously the Partridge family was a very song driven show, hence how it launched a pop career of David Cassidy, who is her stepson oh. in real life. Um, I'm disappointed we didn't get a song out of Granny. Oh, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. They didn't clock onto that, did they? Any more of those, Phil, and I'm going on strike. And you're just going to have to face doing the show without (laughs) me. Yes. (laughs) Right, I'm going to hold my hands up here, chaps. It's not on. But, I mean... But it was nice for you to chime in. Whilst reminiscing about Hilda being a violin prodigy, the prodigy herself rocks up, not the prodigy, unfortunately, uh, rocks up and her and Zelda put on brave faces whilst Mother dishes out backhanded compliments left, right and centre. Uh, she pretends to be thrilled by Zelda's PhD, but would ra- much rather her have an MRS, which is, um, that's very 1990s, that a woman needs to be married. It's also the second time that they've used that joke. It certainly is. Yes, could you think of when the other one was? I do recall it, I just can't remember the specific um, episode. Uh, in a Gadda Sabrina, um, when it was used to highlight how backward the 60s were. Oh, yeah, and she, she tried to apply to that school that she wanted to. Um, and yeah, they just fobbed her off because it was just just for men, wasn't it? And they mentioned about her having a... She is an MRS. Yeah, she said. Yeah, they said that women only go to college to get their MRS or something like that. They only go there to find a husband. Yeah, but still, though, it's it's. I mean, that's two seasons apart, is it? Yeah, I mean, you could you 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 can forgive them. I mean, you know, it's not like you know. Perhaps these days, you know, you might have a a big database on your computer where you can control F. You know, like if any gag has been used before. You'd have just every, you know, if you were a writer on a show, you'd have every episode ever. The script's just there at your fingertips. But in 1999, probably not. So uh, we'll let we'll let older Nikki B off, um, I think. So yeah, so after that little uh, backhanded uh, MRS joke, uh, after continuously rattling on about Hilda's violin and Zelda's lack of husband, they have enough and flee to the clock shop, relieved that this is one thing that Mother doesn't know about. Until Sabrina spills the beans about how Hilda blew up a violin to buy the clock shop. Then Mother seemingly then explodes herself. Um, so again, nice reference to the clock shop early in the episode, but also the the catalyst that kind of caused the clock shop to be bought. That yes, let's all be reminded that she did in fact blow up a violin, which is uh, always worth being reminded about. Uh, Sabrina also magics a cute photo of Hilda and Zelda to the Lost in Time clock to help her aunts remember the good old times. And again, I'm glad that, or rather hopeful, that this Lost in Time um, clock is going to be used regularly. It's not just going to be this thing that happens to be inside the shop. It is going to be a regular kind of cat, a member of the cast. The way it was used in this episode. A feature. Yeah, feature. Yeah. That's that's uh, the word to use. Um but yeah, I think the way it was used in this episode made it seem like, yes, it is going to be a plot device. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, but if, if you have a time machine or a time portal at your disposal, then 
it would be a bit silly if you didn't use it as a uh, as a semi regular pot device. You wouldn't want it cropping up all the time, but it, it, it's <laughs> good to have it there as an option. Yeah, no, that's true. But yeah, hopefully. did you laugh because I said time again? Exactly. Yeah, every time. Yeah. yeah, you've heard of time is money. Well, on this episode, time is funny. <laughs> that 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 was funny. That was that was good. Um, so uh, yeah, so hopefully yeah, the loss in time clock is going to make a uh, reoccurring appearance uh, throughout the rest of the season, or I'm sure we'll find out in two episodes' time. It'll be the last time we see it. Uh, meanwhile, back at the shop, and they're still losing customers because Salem is too embarrassed to allow the public to see him dressed up. So Hilda forces him to juggle multiple plates in the window, which is impressive. But still, though, he ain't no monkey. Uh, Hilda um, and Zelda. Awfully sorry, Phil. Awfully yes. sorry. Yeah, he wasn't juggling plates. He was spinning. He was spinning plates. rather, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, come on, mate. Come on. Sorry. And uh, it's not on that. It was good to see. We've talked before how Salem is a meme machine. Mm-hmm. Um, there are numerous gifs of him in silly outfits doing silly things out there, and it's always nice to see when they crop up in um, the run of the show. So, it's nice to see when they're actually served on a platter to us. Exactly. So Salem, Salem. I'm not seeing Salem spinning plates, but I've seen Salem in his bellboy outfit playing the accordion um, on uh, Twitter and elsewhere uh, on many an occasion. So it was good to see it uh, in its um, its origins. Oh no, absolutely. So again, me machine. Thank you very much, uh, Salem. Uh, but yeah, so enough monkey business. Literally, Hilda and Zelda head to the clock to try and conjure in someone from that happy time at the farm. You know, when they um, see that picture that Sabrina sent over. Um, but they end up releasing Pinky, the pet pig. So uh, fat load of help he's going to be. I uh, I guess. Well, they say um, that he um, well, he's not going to be able to. Uh, you know, like. Um, you know, jog our memories of any, you know, of any of our happy times on the farm. Uh, and then I think Hilda says, unless he's been hanging around with Arnold Ziffel. Okay. Now, this reference um, is typical of Nick Bakai, who he doesn't like. He doesn't like to talk about it or allude to it at all. But did you know that Nick Bakai grew up in the nineteen sixties? Really? And retained... he, never, he never brings it up. No, and he has retained a huge amount of appreciation for the comedy of that era. Um, Arnold Ziffel um, didn't know this offhand being as I am a uh, child of the 1990s um, but Arnold Ziffel um, was a pig who was a character in uh, the 60s sitcom Green Acres uh, the reason he has right. a surname is because he was treated like a regular member of the family like they would have conversations with him and things like his oinks could be understood um, oh like so Lassie that's... yeah well yeah very like Lassie at the era too so yeah that's what it's a reference to Oh, okay. Well, that's always interesting for your sort of, especially when it's an animal-based fat toy. But uh, yeah, that's cool. Well, there there we go. Nice little reference that I didn't pick up on because, um, well, as we all know, we didn't, uh, I didn't anyway, Google for fuck's sake, but Graham did. So he did redeem us a little bit there. Um, Just think about that, though. Um, That that really is Nick Bakay amusing himself. (laughs) Because this, the the target audience of, of of a, of this show, as we've said before, is probably like somewhere in like the, like the eight to twelve <laughs> bracket. <laughs> and if you are eight years old in nineteen ninety nine, then you were born in nineteen ninety one. You're not going to watch Green Acres, and your parents might just be like, "Oh, I've, I do you remember that show when we were kids ourselves?" You know, so, some of the parents would have been too young yeah. as well. Like, yeah, it's very very obscure. Like, I don't know, just. Yeah, if if you are a a senior writer um, on a show, then you can just kind of yeah, you can just kind of just have a bit of fun. At least though, <laughs> um, you know this sort of reference is quite light-hearted and it's it's harmless. It's not like is it Miss uh, it was um, Mister Craft made a reference about where all those bikers got massacred or something in last season. Uh, well, where the where the biker yeah stabbed the um, the concert goer uh, Altamont. Altamont, that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, at least it's not that kind of level of. Um, inappropriate recollection but uh, yeah there we go thank you very much uh sabrina com- sabrina comes in to confess that she lost grandma and also uh, she told her all about the clock shop um specifically about the part where she gave up the violin to work there suddenly in crashes one angry mother who shows up with hundreds of bills for past violin lessons and hilda calls her a control freak and upset to hear that she vows never to bother them again and hilda and zelda are quite relieved 
Uh, Sabrina heads home to rummage through her grandma's stuff, thinking that if she shows Hilda all the kinds of things that she saved of theirs, they'll realise that she really does care for them. Sabrina storms back into the clock shop, angry why Hilda... Oh, hang on, have I missed a bit? Yeah, you've missed a little bit there, because I wanted to say this. She disappears, Grandma disappears, she buggers off, but she doesn't take her, her luggage with her. No. I mean, she she couldn't have been gone for a, a long... She she knew she was coming back. I mean, that could have just been a weekend bag. It, it just happens to have a Mary Poppins-style portal in it. I don't know. Something, something didn't sit right with me there. I don't know. Didn't like it. No. It's got some, like, you know, like... Yeah, it's got some family treasures in it, though. That bag. It's got some very important stuff. She would miss it. Yeah. Unless she didn't intend to get it back and she was just going to, like, kill herself or something. That's grim. Jeez. Sabrina storms back into the clock shop, angry why Hilda is so unforgiving considering that she was adopted by her. But Hilda didn't know that, did she? So fucking well done, Sabs. Uh, So, yeah, we we learn that Hilda is adopted, which is a bit odd. Just a bit, yeah. Um, I mean, especially, I mean, it's more like it's an odd concept for an episode, really, you know, because, you know, the the past sort of three and a bit seasons, it's all been about family. The whole season was all about family. And then I know it in the end, it doesn't come to anything, really. But still to throw a spanner in the works that, oh, you know, that family you've just got to know and learnt all about and they love you and everything. Yeah, they're they're potentially not your family. Blood related anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they've all been hired by Sean Penn to just pretend who you are. Sean Penn? Yeah, it's in the game. Why Sean Penn? The game. Great film. I see. No? Never seen it? With uh, with Michael Douglas. Make a deal. I'll watch the game if you watch the net. Oh, yes. I'm I'm happy. Is there another The film that um, Chris can watch? I've probably already Uh, watched um, it. The Fly? Have you seen The Fly? Yeah, I've seen The Fly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, have Have you seen The Gift? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the other film called The Gift with Jason Bateman and uh, Joel Edgerton? You can watch that. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, That's pretty good. Okay, you can watch The Gift. I'll watch The Net. And, uh, Graham, you watch uh, The The Game. game. Uh, Hilda starts to have an identity crisis not knowing who she is. And to make matters worse, when a witch feels like that, they literally begin to lose their identity as kind of like a strange uh, disorder and another, another illness to add to the other illnesses that have been in the uh, the season so far um so first it's a reflection but soon she'll completely disappear and it got me thinking if a witch gets amnesia do they just instantly vanish hmm if they get amnesia yeah if they've completely forgotten who they are do they just then di- disappear in a puff of smoke? I don't think so. No, 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 no. So the the issue is that her entire life was a lie. If you have an amnesia, you don't know your life is a lie. That's that's true. Yeah, you've you've not just forgotten your life, but you've you've just forgotten kind of everything around it. However, it still exists. There you go. How does it affect? Um... Things like if you learnt that, say, if you learnt that the person you were married to had been having an affair the whole time you'd been married and you didn't know. Or, like, the East German people who later found out that their husband or wife had been a, you know, a, a Stasi agent the whole time. Would they start to disappear? Or if you were a witch that was a flat earther. So we would only be when you found out that the Earth was actually round, after all, that you would disappear. I mean, yeah. flat Earth... Oh, I guess the other way around Flat as Earthers well. deserve what's coming to them. But as for the other people, <laughs> you're kind of punished for being lied to. It, 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 it's, a very, it's a very cruel... It's a very cruel... Um, very cruel principle, isn't it? I mean, it, it only adds to the barbaric backwards nature of the witch's council well just the witching realm in general yeah if if you've been lied to it's you that it's pays no for wonder it. that the <laughs> witch's council are so backward and um, vindictive because it just seems like the the just the the rules of nature of witchcraft 
are so cruel. Uh, Sabrina heads to the Other Realm Adoption Agency, which is not really a nice set. It's not as good as the clock shop, so they lose a point there. Uh, for more information, however, it comes to... It's like the DMV. It absolutely is, yeah. Uh, but So she goes there for more information about Hilda, but instead it comes to light that Zelda is, um, is in fact the one that's adopted as well. Um, and I've got an issue with this ooh, as well. I bet you do. She's got a Rolodex in front of her. She goes to the Spellman section... Who starts with Z? Starts with A? Should have found Hilda first. Why is she working backwards? Who is this woman? What's she doing? She's doing it wrong. The incorrect system. I mean, witches sort of have their way of doing things. It's not us to say whether doing it backwards is incorrect, Christopher. No, no, she literally is doing it backwards. She's starting at the back of the Maybe alphabet. Maybe it's a bit like the water flowing the other way in the southern hemisphere. Maybe the alphabet is backwards in the other realm. Maybe. Can you do? Can you do Maybe. the alphabet backwards? Uh, Z Y X W. Let's not do this. <laughs> what great this content is not, that we almost created. This is not created. a uh, drink driving test film. It's a podcast. Uh, yeah, at the adoption agency, and it turns out that there are no records for Hilda, but there are for Zelda. So it turns out that she was adopted too. Sabrina reckons that because of how stable and intelligent Zelda is, she'll realise that being adopted ain't so bad because she turned out great. So, naturally, she'll want to help Hilda. But it doesn't turn out like that, as Salem predicted, and she heads to the clock shop empty and without a reflection. Um, we also get a repeat of um, Salem's catchphrase again, which we've already said we don't like, which is just... Um, but you also just some great delivery of... Oh, yeah. Yes. The, the, yeah, okay. the OKs were very uh, funny, because it's the first okay. time we've seen them. If they became overused, right. like, oh... Then, um, then, then they would, then, then they would stop being as good. Like we get too much <laughs> now as well. Like there is a bit of an over reliance yeah. on silly sale noises. But because the OK was new, and because Nick McKay's delivery of things is very funny, it's just too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Um, then, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. Well, it's good because Salem feels in this particular um uh, predicament that he's got the kind of the upper paw really because he's like hey. i know sabrina you've got good intention but uh, it ain't gonna work out how you are you know finding out you're not who you are it doesn't matter how intelligent or switched on you are it ain't gonna work so it's just i'm gonna tell hilda she's gonna be fine yeah okay um she's she's really switched on she's gonna find out she's great yeah okay so it's yeah so it's, it's very very good for um i do like that but yeah i don't like the no Maybe it'd be like a joke where he'll keep doing it and he'll gradually get funny. I, yeah, I don't think so. I think that would all be like one after the other. I think that's the only way that works. Uh, Sabrina, on the other hand, begins questioning whether she's even related to anybody and starts to have a similar breakdown. However, because she's part mortal, she doesn't physically disappear and instead her rational thinking does, turning into a quivering, suspicious and bonkers kind of mess. So again, it's always nice to see the alternative dimension, I guess, of, um, you know, it's always nice to see how Sabrina reacts differently to these things as, as Hilda and Zelda. So we see a nice little uh, side to it. Uh, Harvey rocks up, seeking some logical wisdom, of course, from his girlfriend. And Sabrina is just falling apart. Um, we also get some uh, more um, hashtag realm building when it comes to the Kinkle family, because he tells tells us a bit about his family tree. Um, um, and the Kinkle clan have so far been all exterminators for the past four generations. Um, but bad ones, he says. Well, yeah, that that that's. That's a callback to the comics where the Kinkles are the witch hunters and have been witch hunters for generations. So his entire family are exterminators. However, in the comics, exterminating witches. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it does go deeper in their family tree that maybe they were witch hunters and they've just kind of now just turned into bug exterminators. Maybe, maybe it's fizzled See? out. They've done pretty well to stay in business if they're not good at their job. Yeah, even his great-grandfather said he just killed rats with a stone, which was uh, yeah, quite funny. Good. And was that back in Slovenia? Because that's the other thing we know about Harvey Samuel, yeah. that they're Slovenian. Um, also, um, obviously when um, Sabrina loses all, loses all her rationality, 
Um, it's the second episode of Row where we've had Melissa Joan Hart kind of become kind of like frantic and manic mm-hmm. in a comedic way. But it, but this is a different kind of um, you know agitation to um, what she showed in the last episode, and it is something she excels at, and it is something where when she sort of portrays these um, almost like farcical um, kind of you know like mood swings, it's always very funny, and it shows how she's grown as a comic performer. Um, as the uh, series has worn on, exactly. I mean, the, the, her best performance is easily in the the Pancake Madness episode. Um, yes, how absolutely. just sort of deranged and maniacal she is in that. And again, yeah, as you said, she excels in frantic, suspicious uncertainty. So it's uh, it's really yeah. good to see her just just not afraid to be weird. And it's you know yeah. it's good signs for someone, especially who is trying to break out of this role and sort of you know branch out into to movies and stuff and it's just you're just a funny comic actress who belongs in this teen sitcom so it's always good that she's able to still have fun with it and if you would like to find out about uh, melissa joan hart trying to branch out into movies uh check out our drive me crazy episode indeed before we were all driven cr- crazy by um a, you know self-isolation yeah we did uh we were driven crazy by uh teen love hot teen love yeah that happened <laughs> Thanks for your input, Chris. Not a problem. Uh, yeah, so check out our um, our uh, check out our extra credit episode, all about uh, drive me crazy. And uh, yeah, I think uh, we've already said before. I think another one that we want to do soon is uh, the witches. If uh, Graham uh, promises that he's not going to have nightmares afterwards, anyway. I mean, relative to where we are now, I mean, you know, some uh, prosthetics and some uh, rats getting uh, trodden on are. Uh, it's a relatively minor, uh, minor fright. Exactly. So I think it's probably now is probably the best time to do it. Really. Um, so Sabrina regains some rational thinking and she heads back to the clock shop with a sack of something to help remind her aunts of who they are, which is good timing because they're very quickly beginning to fade away from the waist down, and not even Salem praying to God will help. Uh, Serena throws the sack at them, which happens to contain two matching garish dresses uh, that they hated wearing and that we hated seeing um, earlier on in the episode. Uh, So they rejoice in fondly remembering how many times they try to destroy them. And in doing so, they realise that even if they don't know who the parents are, they've always been and will always be sisters. So that's that's cute. That's the thing that they're always bickering Hilda and Zelda. They are the complete opposites of each other. But... It, it's always nice to be reminded that you know deep down they squabble but they do love each other they're really they're kind of stuck with each other as well but it's good that they do still appreciate each other when all things the considered. best moment there was when they threw the dresses away and they exploded because i can tell you now with a younger brother we used to get dressed identically all the time and i distinctly remember this one because it was horrendous. It was my Uncle Steve's wedding. And we were only little. Fucking Uncle Steve. Yeah, I know. We were only little. And my parents dressed us in the same green trousers and orange shirt. If for whatever reason they materialise again, I will be more than happy to set them alight. They were horrendous. Absolutely garish, <laughs> garish they were. It sound it sounds like a radical color combination. I must say, green and yeah, what it, was w- the deal? With what was the, the colors of like, particularly the trousers that our parents made us wear? I know. I used to have some like red corduroy pants. Yeah, what was going on? I don't know. I don't know. I think they were just stuck in the eighties, or they tried to get themselves into the nineties by by. By using colour and yeah, colourising children. Yeah. Because all I can tell you now is what, what that experience has done to me is made me like the colours black, blue and grey. That's pretty much all I wear. Mm. I think I think that is yeah. a rebel I think that is a very common thing among uh, people our age. Um, is that we prefer darker colours. And what it's because of the dark, dark world that we've had to grow up in. And it's also uh, I think possibly a rebellion against being dressed so garishly in the 1990s, um, and oh, also God, the fact yeah. that none of us have, the fact that none of us have bowl cuts now is probably a similar thing. Yeah, I think I think now is the time we are going to revert back to uh, you know back to our younger selves. We're all going to have bowl cuts. I'm going to be sick of of just the 
blue jeans and I'm going to go and dye something purple and just wear some purple jeans like I did when I was six and um, get Pocahontas branded shoes instead of just wearing my comfortable, fashionable shoes. So, yeah, it's I think... I think this self-isolation is a time where we're going to re-explore our childhood and remember that, yeah, it was awful and garish and unnecessarily brightly coloured. Maybe when they start to ease lockdown, the people who who have tested positive for COVID, they could have the light-up shoes. <laughs> and so you'd know when they were coming and to, like, cross the road. Brilliant. Yeah. We could employ 90s fashion in a practical way to help us um, work our way through this pandemic. Just saying. So, Graham, the only problem with that is I, I am very aware that um, small children still mm. wear those light-up shoes. So, it, all the small... You'd just be avoiding all small children as well. To be honest, that's advisable. Um, especially, if they, especially if they're your own. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, a cheaper alternative is... Everyone who um, everyone who doesn't have um, you know, COVID nineteen um, wears a cap the the appropriate way, uh, whereas everyone who did has to have them backwards. And again, incorporating nineties fashion yeah. in a way to identify the uh, the yeah, sick. Yeah, we'll be like, whoa. Unless you as, as sick as in I've... yeah, nineties sick as well. And we'll just be like, whoa, catch her on the flip side. Yeah, I, guys, I feel yeah. like we're yeah. getting into a bit. We're getting into a bit of Nazi territory here. Yeah, you know, yeah. Brand yeah, that's not... But we should all have Heelys to get away from the infected people. I agree. I agree with that fact. Any unaffected people should be given free Heelys. Definitely. Definitely. And even if we go a little further back, then to, to blow away and escape um, all the people that don't cross the road and watch out where you're going, um, it's just wear some parachute pants. So if there's a strong gust of wind, you can easily navigate to the side of the road. So there are ways that there are ways that past fashion can take us forward, and I, and I really think it should be embraced. So um, get in touch if not. I know we don't really talk online, but get in touch. What piece of fashionable? It's definitely to be fashion, just a piece of clothing from the past. Do you think would be really good to help us lift our spirits and and help us get through uh, this global pandemic? When we finally log on six months later and read it, we'll be like, wow, we went crazy during quarantine, didn't we? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we'll go back on and go, what's this about? I don't remember writing this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I say it every episode. It's becoming my catchphrase. Like, oh. um, yeah, I will. I will start talking on uh, Twitter and Facebook. We keep getting loads of um, new fans on our Facebook page, which is great. But I do apologise. I think the last thing I posted was when our Hocus Pocus episode went out, wow. which was before season three. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you very much for following us. And I do apologize that we don't write anything worth following. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, though. Uh, uh, Hilda and Zelda um, finally recall that, you know, they are sisters and they'll always will be sisters. And as Chris said, they explode their dresses, which is great. Um, with that, they regain their legs. Sabrina, meanwhile, heads back to the adoption agency to find answers about their real mother, while Salem miraculously gives Hilda and Zelda the answers they were looking for. Um, Salem with... I think it's kind of for a bit of a monetary gain because he is hoping that the big guy upstairs is going to reward him for it. But um, he invites loads of the adopted animal performers, like that damn dirty ape, and um, they're just sat around the table and he's like, listen... These animals don't know their real parents. They're all adopted, but doesn't stop them just living and, and probably not being happy, but just not being dead. Did, and, did you not pick um, this up, Phil? I'm surprised at you. What's the monkey's name? Oh, I, I don't know. I missed it. What is the monkey's name? Popo. It's not Popo. It is. Oh. And it's Salem's name for his arsehole. Nice. I don't think that's a callback. I honestly don't. I think that's an honest sort of, you know, um, lapse in memory. But he's effectively calling that monkey arsehole. He is calling that monkey an arsehole. Whether that is the monkey's real name or he's just like, this monkey is an arsehole. Um, yeah. I mean, there is... Me and uh, Dickhead, uh, yeah, maybe it's like that. I don't know. Yeah. Salem doesn't strike me as religious. It was weird seeing him pray. Well, Even I... if he was praying for money. It was still strange. Yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? He's just like, dear God. He puts on a voice as well, which is probably from something else in the 60s. Um, yeah. Think... Well, this this brings up the question then. Is there a God? And if there is a God, 
do witches believe in God? Do they know that there's a God? I thought you were going to stop at, is there a God? I was like, wow, this is a deep <laughs> question to be dealing with on this a is... um, podcast about a uh, 90s kids sitcom. Um, <laughs> I might just cut off uh, the rest of what he was saying and just we'll just move swiftly on. <laughs> yeah, go yeah, for it. Yeah, it begs the question, is there a God? And we just go, wow. <laughs> There's just a long pause. I mean, who knows really? Because there was obviously the the person that was supposedly Father Christmas was um, it was just Bob, wasn't he? Bob was a witch, so maybe, yeah, maybe there is a a witch who it was just Jesus Christ just mucking about, using his magic, turning water into wine. Um, you know, maybe, are you yeah, trying maybe... to say that the original, the the first, the first ever witch was Jesus Christ? Is that what you're saying, Philip? I'm not saying the first ever one, the first first famous witch, maybe. Um, but yeah, they they've been going donkeys. But yeah, mate. I just like I just like the idea that Jesus Christ was the first ever witch. That'd be hilarious. Jesus Christ, we've imagine. just angered a lot of people as well. Is that a... we do a pro- we do apologize? Maybe that could be obviously you know as the Christian Science um, Movement, which believes that Jesus was an alien. Hmm? Maybe there is an obscure sect of Christianity out there, and if you're part of that sect, please let us know. Yeah, that believes that um, Jesus Christ was in fact a witch. Yeah, Christa Berg is famously part of that thinking, isn't he? Yeah, and so was uh, Yes, Spaceman Came Travelling. Uh, also, Jim Henson uh, was a Christian scientist. So, uh... hmm. Interesting. So, yes, I'm, so, yeah, where do witches fall in religiously? That explains the puppets. <laughs> it does explain the puppets and the fetish, yeah. Excellent. Um, so, Sabrina returns to find Hilda and Zelda all back to normal and to tell them that she's brought along their real biological mother, which turns out to be their mother, after all. What? Um, it turns out that Vesta... Yeah. yeah. It turns out that Vesta was jealous of all the attention Hilda and Zelda got. Uh, so she turned her mother and father into pigs. And the witch's council ruled that anyone with pig's feet aren't allowed to raise children. So mother had to adopt them out because Vesta wouldn't turn them back. Now, who has cloven hooves? The devil. The devil? So maybe there is a greater... Maybe witches are Christians. Maybe that was why people with pig's feet weren't allowed to um, raise kids, because it like they're demons. Yeah, but, but no. But no, witches, witches worship the devil. So... But then Salem is a witch, or a former witch, and he was praying to God. So... Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if maybe... Yeah, maybe, maybe there was some sort of, like... Maybe there was some sort of like deviation on the thing. Maybe the witches' council were like, "We want to move away from the whole Satan thing." Maybe there was a satanic panic um, mm. in the witching community, just like there was in uh, America in the eighties, and they were like, "No, nice. no, no, nobody with hooves can um, can, can raise kids because they they might be demons." Yeah, uh, bore form, you might say. Bore form, indeed. Um, you swine. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so anyone with pig's feet, and like a nice bit of a hashtag realm building, um, yeah, anyone with pig's feet aren't allowed to raise children, and because Vesta won't turn them back, uh, they have to adopt them out to a lovely family in the country. And Hilda and Zelda say that they had such great memories of that farm because they weren't with their mother, but quite the contrary, as their parents were actually the pigs they befriended on the farm, which is strange, but yeah, quite cute. Um and yeah, once the spell was undone, they adopted them back into the family, uh, which is all great. And everyone's like, oh, that's really lovely. But then it got me thinking about something that's not raised is who was raising Vesta during that time? Oh, no, uh, I've, I can answer this very, very easily. That was the first time she ever went to the Pleasure Dome. And then she never came yeah, back. She, yeah, she emancipated herself. That's why she is so fiercely independent and solitary. She built the Pleasure Dome as a means of survival when she was just left on her own. It was good to see her referenced again. Obviously, this is Raquel Welsh from way back in season one. Ah, Raquel Welsh. And, uh, and it's barely been mentioned since, so it was good good to see that continuity. Yeah, it's, it's always nice when we're reminded that the crew are reminded of the characters they've created in the past. <laughs> but yeah, 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 I bet, yeah, she was, um, you know, she just built the Pleasure Dome just to survive, just to live. And yeah, she she never went home. She just became an independent woman through it. So uh, 
yeah, nice bit of uh, realm building that we're we're piecing together there. Throw your hands up uh, at me. Oh, is, is that from Independent Women? It is. I was just thinking, I don't remember that line in Whammy Fanny, but there we go, it was the wrong song. Um, the family makeup again, but, but it's... Wasn't the funky song, funky song? <laughs> it certainly was. Shake your whammy fanny, funky song, funky song. Go on, Chris. Uh, shake your whammy fanny, funky song. Classic. Yes. Yeah. You smashed it. Yeah, bringing it back. Hope that gets stuck in your head. Uh, the family it, makeup it, again. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the family make up again, but it's not long before they squabble again. <laughs> Classic Spellmans. Uh, the titles roll, and unfortunately, Pinky the Pig wasn't their father after all. Uh, but a government pig uh, <laughs> comes, to file, comes to file a complaint made by the unruly watch seller outside for having um, some uh, poor scene in the, uh, or livestock rather, in the shop. And um, yeah, so. Not really a, a happy ending. Everyone's made up, but she's potentially going to lose the shop and have a lot of money for some for for for, for the man. It was almost like a cliffhanger, except I'm sure it won't be followed up on. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll certain. just be forgotten. I'm we'll, almost certain. You know, we'll 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 um, we'll Hilda get shut down by uh, by the you know by the man. Um, I don't think that is going to be a plot point um, going forward. But he he mentions well two things. One, they say. Is that pig dad? And they're like, no, his uh, his snout was a lot pointier or something like that. No, his his tail was much curlier. That's right. So, what happened to the dad? Is he still out there, or did he die? Oh, he did. Cam, which is he, he dead? Yeah. Cam, which is yeah. die? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, they said right at the end, uh, it's swine flu season. So he did. So he died of swine flu. Uh yeah, yeah. He got turned into a pig and died of swine flu. Now that's not confirmed. I won't have blasphemous realm building um, on my watch, um, but no, we, we do yeah. need to find out what happened the, to, the to Daddy Spellman. But yeah, he's the local health official is concerned that they have pigs there because it's swine flu season. We have swine flu. Yeah, which actually sorry, go on. Swine flu was wasn't ninety nine. Yeah. The... Was the swine flu? Well, this this is this is the next thing I was going to get onto, actually, Chris. Salem says that the monkey is riddled with Ebola, and then we get a reference to swine flu right at the end, and that blew my mind, because swine flu was was trendy. Um, in like when we were at university, like ten years ago. Well, I can actually tell I can tell you the year, Graham. I know the year, it was 2009. Yes, and I had swine flu um, not long after I moved to Hull. Um, and... I've, I've, I never knew that. I found out that the first time, just as you did, folks. And uh, Ebola was a big deal uh, around about mid-2010s. I didn't know that they were, that they were around before that. No, SARS was 2003, so... Ebola was Ebola 2007 then? No, Ebola was post swine flu. Ebola was a relatively recent thing. It was like 2015 was it? or something like that. Yeah. Uh, um, all these all these pandemics we can't work out exactly when they were because they weren't as bad as first feared. Um, yeah. And, th- and, th- and then there was and then there was this one. Um, but yeah, it shows that these diseases did actually exist before that. There was just epidemics of them in the years that we associate with them with, which blew my mind. I didn't know that. I did take kindly to them being brought up, to be honest. You know, watching this for escapism um, from the situation room right now. I, I didn't like it. It's just like how, um, you know, we're really not helping ourselves see. And I think, like, the in the top five on Netflix is Contagion because we all want to know how bad it could get. Yeah, and there is a film just called... Oh, that is a shite film. It is, There's it also is pretty bad. a film just called Pandemic, which I only know exists because it's been in the top five of Netflix the last, like, month. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just look out the fucking window and you'll see it. Uh, oh, guys, just to change the subject, something a little bit lighter. Um, the Land Before Time is also on Netflix. You know, I never saw that. Is, is that an 80s thing that inexplicably people our age have seen? Mate, watch yeah. it. Listen, you've got the time. It's a kid's film. It's animated, but it's so worth and it. And it, it does I... begin with it does begin with the. So me and Graham are now allowed to watch it. Yeah, the Land true. Before Time. But yeah. I, I um. The land before time. I very much miss the whole like um, kind of think of like yeah these eighties films which people born in the nineties have seen I guess because they're always on TV but I missed them all you know like I've talked before about having never seen Back to the Future 
Uh, I only saw The Princess Bride for the first time last year. I've never seen Labyrinth. Yeah, and I think The Land Before Time comes in that 80s but was on TV in the 90s thing that I completely went over my head. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've definitely got yeah. time on our hands to watch everything ever made now. Uh, so there we go, boys. That is the end of episode four, uh, A Little Orphan Hilda. Uh, obviously, we said at the top of the episode that uh, it was much better than our last one. And uh, yeah, talking through it, guys. Um, yeah, did we enjoy this episode? Um, Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was reasonable. I would say it was, yeah, as we've said before, definitely an improvement on the last one. And yeah, it just had some nice, solid um, respect of continuity and um realm building and some 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 clever little lines unfortunately for the life of me i can't remember there was a very very subtle line that hilda said at some point and i was like that's too clever for this show i can't <laughs> remember what it was now <laughs> but like yeah um yeah some, some some smart little jokes in there i enjoyed it excellent and chris is sort of same yeah i mean it was reasonable i i would have preferred an episode that gave a little bit more in terms of the grander season. This was very self-contained. <laughs> we probably was... won't hear anything of it ever again. You could have put yeah. this episode anywhere in the run. No, it's almost like a leftover script. Yeah, I think I think that's what season four is going to be. It's just going to be these episodes are recorded and shown in any fucking order we want to. And yeah, we'll just slot key characters and plot points uh, throughout it whenever we feel like it but yeah i mean we might as well get down to the uh, hashtag nitty gritty as they say uh, and uh, score this episode because at the end of every episode we uh, we talk about we like to score it on a certain set of criteria they are magic wit creativity and say it with me boys because we sound a lot better even though we're not quite in sync we should be able to hit it better than last time say it with me boys don't yeah. say it slowly, just, just count as it. Okay. So, so, one, so two, say it with me, boys. One, two, three. Progression. Progression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, we'll work on that one day. Uh, we'll record outside each other's windows and do it properly. Uh, so, uh, so, first of all, guys, magic. How magical was this episode? Well, we had the Mary Poppins trunk. We yep. had a nice. couple of explosions. And mm. other than that, there wasn't much magic other than the disappearingness. Yeah, not, not a terribly... I mean, yeah, not even sort of magical realm building or anything. It was just a case of a bit of lore, as, as Graham said at the top. Just, um, yeah, just what happens to witches if they forget their identity, they kind of literally lose it. So not, not a magic-heavy episode, really. I... I probably say two i'd be happy with a two yeah. a two yeah yeah two. okay so uh, we'll, we'll do a two for magic okay see if we can pick up in uh wit yeah um, yeah some had, really funny lines yep had a couple of chuckles um yeah, some um some bizarre little references some great uh, line delivery from salem really enjoyed um sabrina losing her rationality near the end yeah Got some laughs out of that so i'd, I'd say a good one for wit May be may even be tempted to say a four, but I definitely say four because there was that joke that you said was too clever for this show, and uh, we can't remember what it is. So but I su- bet it was, so I subtle, bet it was I couldn't good. even remember it, but I'm sure. It was I good. bet it was good. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll yeah, take so the I, four. We'll take the four. I'd say four. Cool. Um, creativity. Well, yeah. Um, the 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 idea about law, the bringing back in of the uh, of the time clock. Um, the, the the again bringing grandmother in um the the concept about disappearing if you lose your identity the different sets because we went to the witch's dmv so uh, mm-hmm. i i i'd be tempted to go down the middle for this one with a three i'd probably say three it was it was creative it was creative but at the end of it it was just a turns out they're adopted and uh, they technically are but they're, they're actually related so it was a bit of a just a from one side of the hill to the next. So, yeah, I'd say a three for creativity as well. Uh, and finally, it's progression. Um, well, we now know that Hilda and Zelda um, were adopted in a very roundabout way, so that's not really that much progression. Um, no, we, we, we believed they were related, and then it turns out that they still are. <laughs> yeah, so essentially everything's back how it was. 
Um, the only real progression that you could point to is just knowing more about their mother. Yeah, and the relationship with her. We already know it wasn't great from a previous episode, but now we've actually seen her in person. We can see how it manifests itself in their interactions. Um, but maybe now they've learned the full story of their childhood and how much she clearly did love them to go through what she went through. Um, perhaps they'll be closer going forward. Yeah. If indeed we see her again. So a one. Uh, go for a two. <laughs> well, I mean, I I think points-wise, it's probably only technically a one. However, I think it deserves a point for not regressing uh, as what the last episode did. You want to reward it for not regressing. Yeah, I want to reward it for actually not being shit like the last one. So I, I'd say two. Okay, okay, fine, fine. Two against one there. So, uh, so Chris, please, uh, please add them together. We had, uh, we had a, uh, was it a two for magic? Two for magic. Four for wit. Four for wit. Uh, I forgot what was creativity. Was it three for creativity? Three. Three for creativity and a two for progression. And what does that give us? That gives us a grand total of eleven. So nice. Oh, okay. Above average. No. Pretty much almost a slap bang in the middle, yeah, just a bit above average and a hell of a lot better than the last episode. So there we go. Take it or leave it. 11 out of 20, episode 4, Little Orphan Hilda. Uh, next, we're going to be doing episode 5, naturally, because it's in chronological order. Uh, episode 5, boys, would you like to know what the hell it's called? Yes, but it doesn't have to be in chronological order, remember. As we've established, you can watch them in any order. That's right. Let me just go on my phone and find out what episode 21 is. Oh, we'll the podcast's falling apart in quarantine. <laughs> it's not got this prepared. Uh, so episode five is entitled Spoiled Rotten. What do you think it is about? Well, it sounds like it could be very gruesome if you were to take the title literally. And they like making um, expressions literal, don't they? So, they certainly uh, do. do um, maybe... Um, Good old uh, Ted Spellman shows up again and starts making up for his absenteeism by lavishing loads of gifts on Sabrina, but she starts to decay as a result. <laughs> I'm I'm actually inclined to go with with Graham on that one. The uh, the decaying as a result of someone spoiling her. I like that idea. The fact that she's rotting. And don't forget, they love body horror, so it wouldn't be the most surprising thing. Yeah. No, that's very, very true. Well, um, yeah, I get you're kind of on the right lines there, there, Chris. So, Spoiled Rotten, episode five of season four. Uh, having been approved for her first credit card, Sabrina becomes obsessed with buying things and is once again stricken down with a di- uh, with a disease called getitis or getitis, which literally turns her spoiled rotten. There we are. So it's a brutal satire of consumerism. Mm, nice. I'm looking forward to all the uh, yeah, all, all the that the death ob- to capitalism. Ob- Woo! Who knows? Uh, I tell you what, we'll know uh, when we record our next episode. So thank you very much for joining us for this one. It is definitely going to be the first, or rather the second, of uh, many like this, boys. I know you can see my face, but I'm, I'm, I miss yours terribly. Very, 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 very nice of you to say. Um, it's yeah, um, hairier. <laughs> That's it. The only difference is hairier. I'm I, I'm just really worried that I'm gonna go bald during this lockdown. That that's my mm. main worry. I'm not gonna see anyone for weeks, and then I'm gonna be bald. That's that's my fear. Is that what happens when you don't see people for too long? And you just lose all your hair, or is that you going? Well, I'm, mad I was already it? going bald. I'm just in a panic mode that I'm gonna officially go bald during nice. this, and then I'm gonna be bald. Oh, as in you'll get your certificate, mm. but they won't be able to send it yeah. out to you because of the lockdown. So um, you can't collect it in person. So you won't even have your certificate. You'll be bald, and you won't even have the certificate. I'm just worried about giving myself a shit haircut, so I might end up shaving all my hair off to ward off that possibility. Oh, oh, that's risky. I can't, I can't shave my hair off because my daughter will forget who I am if I do that. I think. Um, so yeah, I've just gonna have shit hair for a bit, but. Um... Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So, yes, join us uh, next time when we are definitely going to be 100% hairier. Uh, so, my name has been Fildy, and I hope you have enjoyed uh, listening to my voice as I help uh, guide you through this episode. And I do hope you've enjoyed the voices of my dearest uh, remote friends. They are Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you, Graham. You're welcome. And uh, secondly, Mr. Chris Evans. Thank you very much, Chris. 
Yeah, always a pleasure there, Phil. Oh, thank you. Um, and what also is a pleasure is um, liking us on uh, Facebook or Twitter. Even though we don't do anything, it's a pleasure to know that you care enough to listen to our calls to action. Um, uh, so we will reward you with some content, maybe one day. You like to think we've got time to do it now, but I still probably won't. Uh, but thank you very much. It does mean a lot for you to, to follow and support our show. Um, you can also send us a review if you would like to go on to those Apple podcasts and give us a wonderful five-star review because, well... It's it's the it's the most polite thing to do during these terrible times, uh, and um, yeah, if you'd like to throw a donation our way, it's not like we can really spend it going out anywhere, so it will be going into the uh, the production costs of this podcast. Go to our website, which is www.coffee. That's ko ficom forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Well, boys, it leaves only one thing to say, even though it's probably going to take three times to get it kind of spot on stay safe everybody keep well and stay at home and may every little thing you do one two three be, be magic, magic. magic. <laughs> i be think great magic. Yeah, it wasn't bad you said agic but that's fine we'll, we'll go with that be magic. <laughs> we'll take what we we'll take what we can get in the circumstances exactly um of course if people listen to that episode like a year from now, and you're telling them to stay inside. That no longer applies. <laughs> you can go out if you want. You, if the pandemic's <laughs> over and you're listening to this, you you can go outside. We're by no means the officials to tell you to stay indoors. Remain indoors. <laughs> Please go outside. But if you are listening to this presently, no, don't go outside. Stay in. Stay in.